called an audible today uh, because the Lord uh, pulled on my heart. I was on vacation, and he said, you need to go back to Flagstaff, and I want you to speak. And he began to download a word for me uh, to give to you today. So we canceled at the movies, which we normally do, uh, and we called the team, called the band back together. And uh, got uh, whoever was ready and available. Uh, and, we, man, we're ready to, to receive and see God move in this place. Uh, and God's going to do a great work, a great work today. Uh, my title for you today is Crisis Comes to Us All. I want you to write that down. Crisis Comes to Us All. Uh, because I want you to take good notes, right? We're a note-taking church, right? And we're a responsive church. So that means we express what I'm teaching you is two things in psychology that are very healthy for you because sometimes we have a lot of people who are introverts, right? I'm reflective, I'm quiet, and that's great. That's wonderful. So you're probably really good at note-taking and reflecting on what I'm preaching. But then also there's another side that we need to do is we need to be expressive, Right? Because what the enemy wants to do is to tell you, you shouldn't speak. You shouldn't, don't, don't say anything. Keep quiet, little church mice. You know, you need to be tucked in the corner and never use your voice. So we, you, we're expressive in this church. And so the two things that you have to do, whatever side you tend to lean on, is do the opposite as well. And learn how to be both reflective and expressive in how the word of God comes to you. Okay? So can I get a good amen? Come on, can I get a good Amen. It's okay to say amen in here. You see this handkerchief? Y'all know what's about to happen. We're about to preach in here. Uh, uh, you, you thought you got a little white preacher, but this is a black preacher up here. Uh, and I love to preach because I, I believe that there ought to be preaching, teaching, and healing in every service. Because Jesus said everywhere that he went, the Bible says that he went everywhere teaching, preaching, and healing every manner and sickness of disease. Right? He healed it all. So if you don't have the threefold ministry of what Jesus did, you're not having church, right? You're just doing whatever you want to do. You just, you created your own thing. I think you ought to have both. I think you had all, all three, I should say. You ought to have all three because that's where you really see the expressive power of God in your life. And so we're going to receive that today. Are you ready to receive? I want to greet some people, all those who are streaming online. Can we give a hand for all those who are streaming online? Our prisons, both prisons are streaming Uh, Mexico, our Mexico missions team is streaming today. They're having an incredible time and uh, so thankful. Man, they're incredible and uh, uh, I'm just thankful for all that God is doing. I just went down and spoke to Lewis Prison and we saw another 60 men give their life to the Lord. Come on, isn't that incredible? That puts us at over 600 men who've given their life to the Lord in our prison ministry and over 200 that have been baptized. And this Wednesday, I go down to Maricopa Reentry Center, the prison that's off of the North 17 as you're going south. Right there, I'm going to speak there this Wednesday. So just be praying because I'm bringing the baptismal tank too. And I'm going to baptize all those suckers. And we're going to see God move in their life. And we're going to see God change their life and empower their life. Because what we have done, what you're a part of, is we have taken with the men that we have ministered to, we have dropped recidivism 80%. So we are seeing God transform their lives. This is transforming families. And so continue to pray. Pray, pray, pray. you got to pray. Just to make it today, right? How many remember Kirk Franklin? All right. So in your scripture, I want you to start in Matthew chapter uh, 8 and verse 23. 
and we're going to read a passage, then we're going to go to Matthew 15, and then we're going to get right into this, and I have a special announcement that I want to share with you. So in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 23, it says this, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came upon the lake. So the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Everybody say sleeping. He was snoring below. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going down. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up. He walked to the bow of the ship, and he said, he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Then they were amazed. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and waves obey him. That's powerful. Now go with me to chapter 15 and verse 21. I'm going to read a story about the Canaanite woman. It says in verse 21, Leaving the place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman uh, from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away. For she keeps crying after us. Anybody know someone who's incessant, who never quits? He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. So first he responds to his disciples. And now she comes to him, kneels before him, and calls upon the name of the Lord. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, You have great faith. Everybody say great faith. Come on, say great faith. There's only two times in scripture that Jesus said this person has great faith. One was in chapter 8 with the, the centurion and right here, only two times. Do you think it's important that when we see Jesus amazed in awe and seeing this is great faith, do you think we ought to pay attention and look a little closer? So then he says this. Your request is granted in one of the other books. It says, because of what you have spoken, because of how you responded, your daughter is healed. Because of what you said. And at that very moment, her daughter was healed. Uh, I'm excited to to just share this word for you because I believe it's going to be freeing. I think it's going to be empowering and freeing today because we all face crisis. To act as if you don't, right, is to be in denial. At some point, we all face crisis in our family, in our friends, on all kinds of different levels. We face crisis. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, But I want to share a a special announcement with you. I'm going to share the announcement. I'm just going to hit it, and then I'm going to tell you how, okay? So we have been casting the vision since day one that we are called to be in a ministry in every prison in the state of Arizona. God is doing that. We were called to get in this location, fill it up. We're doing that, and we're going to get ready to go to three services again when we get back into the school year and make more room to grow. And we're continuing to see this. God has got us debt-free. God has got us a great team, a huge, I mean, a wonderful blessings and blessings and blessings, and a great, great team. And so he said, Landon, are you ready for the next step? I said, yes, because part of the other vision is to have eight locations around the state. 
We have our sister church in Lake Havasu. We have this location right here. And God said, get ready for Phoenix. So we are getting ready to launch our first service in Phoenix in September. Come on, isn't that going to be fun and exciting? It's okay. If you're not clapping, I'll get you there with me here in a minute. Because you know what? you got to have faith. How is it going to work out? I'm going to talk more about this today. I don't have all the answers. And I'm not going to pretend like I do. But we're going to start off with just an interest service. Who would even want to go? Who would want to be a part of this? So September 14th, from 2 to 4 on a Saturday, we're going to have a service down at the Sheraton off the 17. And we're just going to have fun. We're going to have our worship. We're going to have our preaching. And then we're going to have a whole hour of just fellowship and connection with people. Because we have over 500 inmates that have been released in the Phoenix area that call me pastor and this their church. And they're saying, when are you going to send a church down here? And so we're going to figure it out one step at a time. But the first step in planting a church, I want to help you. I planted a couple. So the first step that you do is you start off with just saying, who would like to go? Right? And see from there and see how God responds. I know we have family and friends. A lot of us do. But the Lord has been lining it up. Then I got a phone call from a friend who lives in Denver and says, hey, I'm actually moving back to Colorado. And I didn't know if, uh, what you guys are planning on doing. Or Sorry, he's moving from Denver to Phoenix. And he's a worship leader. And he says, hey, just let me know when you're doing something. I'm moving at the end of August. And I can help with whatever you need down here. So God, it was like, okay, great. And one thing. After another, God keeps living, leaving these little crumbs. Say, keep following the trail, young man. Keep following the trail. And every time, I'm wondering, are we, are we headed the right? If there's a question that comes up, God says you're headed the right way. So we'll be giving you more information. We'll be giving you more details. We'll be sharing a whole lot more with you to give you a full scope of what that looks like. But first, we're just going to start off with just a service and go from there. Is that good? Okay, so when you look at these scriptures... We start back and we look at uh, the young men on the ship with the the disciples and it's Jesus and they get on the ship and and all of a sudden the storm starts coming and the storm comes and man, it hits them and the waves are coming and it's crazy. And then they go down to Jesus and they say, Jesus, wake up. How are you sleeping? Let me just give you, this is just food for thought. If you ever feel like life is in turmoil, right? Like there's a little turbulence in the aircraft or on the ship, right? Of your life. Look to the captain. If he looks nervous, time to get nervous. If he is sleeping and calm and chill as can be, no need to freak. You got to take it easy because you know what? When you look at, when you think life is being torn apart and you look to your savior who captains your life, let me tell you, if he's all calm and chill, you ought to be too. So he was sleeping, slumbering, snoring, drooling. I don't know if you're a pretty sleeper or an ugly sleeper. I'm an ugly sleeper. And I'm sure Jesus was in full rest, right? And he was taking it easy. And they woke him up and they said, oh, my God. He rebuked the storm, the winds and the waves, and it calmed down. And they said, oh, what kind of man is this? And the lesson for you and I is this. They didn't even know who they had on their ship. See, I think a lot of Christians live this life. I invite Jesus into my heart, but I really don't know what he's capable of. I invite Jesus into my life, but when stuff hits my life, I don't really know who to turn. I don't, I don't, can he fix it? Can he really do that? Let me just tell you, Jesus can do anything. God can do anything. Come on, God can do anything. Some of you, I'm going to get it in your heart and in your spirit here in a minute. Because you need to understand, God, we limit God. Well, I've seen him do a miracle for people. I've seen him help people. I've seen him feed people, but a storm? 
Can he? Oh, I've seen him do this, and I, but a marriage, can he heal it? I don't know, but can he really heal? Can he fix my situation? Can he really interrupt my crisis and start creating a new circumstance in my life? Can he really show up like this? They didn't even know who they had with him. Come on, you ought to know who you have on your ship. Who's on your ship? Who do you have with you? Do you know you have Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, who rose from the dead and the same power that lived in him is alive in you? And you have that authority and that power to say to your circumstance and your crisis, storm, be still. And I'm going to teach you more of just how to. So let's look now. We think now let's go back to the woman who the Canaanite woman, this Canaanite woman, she comes and she shows up and she made her trip. And she left her home, and she, and she took the whole journey. I don't know how far she had to come, and I, I don't really know how the, the demon was really affecting her daughter, physically or emotionally or both. We see both in Scripture, but we just know she was demon-possessed, vexed, troubled, and it drove mom out of the home. And mom had to leave her house to go find a solution. And that's the first step in crisis that I want to teach you is you got to leave home every once in a while. The reason some people haven't received the healing that they need, the delivery that they need, the miracle that they need is they're not willing to leave home. They're not willing to leave, they're not willing to leave their place of comfort and convenience. They're not willing to leave what, what's their preferences. If you don't look like me, then I'm not going to receive from you. If you don't talk the way I like you to talk, then I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to leave my, my culture and my people and my style and my way because I'm not ready to do whatever it takes. See, crisis will come to you at any moment to a point where God can compel you to activate a faith in you that you didn't even know you had to step out and do whatever it takes. The number one thing you need to do in crisis is say, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Come on, somebody say whatever it takes. You got to do whatever it takes. But a lot of us were like, oh, well, I I want my marriage to be healed, but I I don't know about therapy. I don't know about going to counseling. I don't know about those kind of people you know i don't know about going to church i don't don't know about doing this and we we start preferencing and our preference becomes a prejudice that disables us from seeing the power of god demonstrated in our life because we're not willing to take the trip we're not willing to make the trip we're not willing to take the journey we're not willing to get alive and on fire for god that we just we push because she knew what the disciples didn't that jesus was capable i don't know a lot about jesus I've heard of Jesus. I I, I know what Jesus can do, so I'm going to step out and push through. And I'm going to find me Jesus because I need something in my life. And you're going to push through and fight through and fight with faith and fight with faith and continue to fight to do whatever it takes. She had to leave all of that behind. She had to leave her daughter behind. She had to leave what she may look like behind. She had to leave like, oh, what will people think? Right? Right? Oh, oh, I don't know what kind of home you were raised in, but maybe you were it's similar to mine. My home was uh, whatever happens in our family stays in our family. Whatever happens in our home stays in our home, right? Come on. I'm not the only one. Well, hey, you know, kids, you don't, you don't say this is family business, and which is good to a certain extent. But what we have created is a culture and a society now that every kid looks at the other family thinking that they're perfect. And I'm the only family who's got issues. So they're, they're, I don't know why something's wrong. So when you try to step out and be vulnerable, you think you're the only one. 
And so maybe she, she could have been stopped. What are they going to think about my parenting? What are they going to think about how I take care of my daughter? What, what, what are they thinking about how I allowed this in my home? What are they thinking about? She didn't care about any of that. She pushed through all of that because she knew she had to do whatever it took. You got to get into a place that you say, okay, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And God will sometimes allow you to get into a crisis simply to react a greater faith within you. And you have to get in that crisis mode of saying, okay, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And you start pushing forward and you start pushing forward and you start saying, okay, God, but then what happens? What happens right after that? She shows up. And she respectfully, humbly, vulnerably says, Son of David, have mercy on me. How many, if you heard that, you would help her? Come on, let's show of hands. I, I, I would help her. I would join. I, and Jesus, this is what he said. Nothing. What do you do when you're in crisis? And you can't hear God. What do you do when you pray and you can't hear God? What do you do? How do you respond when, when you call out and you say, God, I need your help? You don't understand. Come on, am I talking to a room full of people who got it all together? Or am I talking to a room full of people who know the dichotomy of understanding that there is the life in me that where I have great faith, but there's also great tribulation. There's also times where I have great hope, but I've also got great doubt. And I'm in between this, and I've gone through enough life to know that i got to push through this. i got to fight through this. i got to do whatever it takes. And there are times that are painful and hurt and crisis and devastation hit me. But I need to go ahead and not only do whatever it takes, but when I can't hear God, what do I do? Because, preacher, I don't need you to tell me how to respond when God answers me. I don't need you to teach me, preacher, how to respond when I get my miracle, when I get my answer. Come on, somebody's going to hear me in a minute. I don't need you to teach me how to praise God when everything's going good because anybody can worship God when it's easy. Anybody can worship God when it's going good. But a real worshiper is what she does in a time of crisis when she can't hear God. She, don't, she, she can't distinguish the voice. She's not getting the answer she needs and wants. And she comes and she kneels before God. And she calls on the name of the Lord. And says, I don't know. I, 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 I got to praise you. I got to worship you. I, I'm just going to fight with my praise. Because again, anybody can worship when everything's going good. But it takes a real worshiper to praise God when you don't know how it's going to work out. Come on, I wish I had a hundred worshipers in here today. I, I, it takes a real worshiper to clap when you don't know how it's going to turn out. It takes a real worshiper to shout when you don't know what to say. It takes a real worshiper for something to stir in you that says, I don't have all the answers but I know who can fix it and you keep pressing in and that's what she did she didn't go ahead and get she didn't get uh, angry how, how did I haven't heard God I've been reading my Bible I've been praying I've been coming to church and I haven't heard a single word she didn't get angry she didn't leave when the disciples tried to shoo her away, you ever, been you ever been shooed before? You ever been left out of something before? You ever been discounted before? You ever been disrespected before? You ever had somebody just say, hey, we don't need your kind over here? You ever had somebody treat you and mistreat you and shut the door in your face and treat you like you're nothing? 
That's exactly how she was treated. And she said, I I can't quit now. Because if I quit now, I'm not going to make it to where my daughter could get her healing. And she pressed through. She fought through it. She fought through offense. Some of you have been held back by offense so long, you don't dare to worship Jesus. Your your offense has hindered your prayer life. Your offense has hindered your worship life. Your offense has headed towards church, towards God, towards people, towards others, towards friends, towards family, towards everything in your life. And your offense has withheld you from experiencing the presence of God. Come on, I know I'm preaching. I know it's good preaching. I'm just waiting for the church to be with me. Y'all can smile, laugh, clap, whatever you want to do. Just react. Because this is the word of God coming forth to you. And I'm telling you, when we have a fire that's burning 2,000 acres, and you don't have an answer from God, and you don't know how it's going to turn out, you just begin to worship God. And you begin to praise God. You begin to shout. You begin to clap. You begin to thank God for who he is. That's exactly how we fight through crisis. And then, as she's worshiping, yeah, amen, hallelujah. As she's worshiping, as she's thanking, as she's calling on the name of the Lord, he speaks to her, and he says, I I didn't come for you, and and what would it be for me to, this bread is for my kids. Uh, What would they think if I give it to a dog? Now this, you may look at it and, and hear dog and think one direction, but what he was really speaking is you're not covenant people. This is a culturally known term. You're not in covenant with me. I came to deal with this covenant first, then I can establish your covenant. But I came for the lost sheep of Israel. And you know what she did? She said, even the dogs get a crumb. She didn't get angry. She didn't get spiteful. She didn't get defensive. She didn't, try to, she didn't try to look like she had it all together. Because, see, I mean, there's too many people. That, how, uh, Instagram and Facebook and social media and just life now. Everybody's trying to look cute. You ever seen those new things that are out like feeling cute? Might preach a little. Or feeling cute. You know, y'all, because you're seeing some of you are hearing this for the first time. There's all these new trend of feeling cute. Might adult today. Feeling cute might go out to, feeling cute might heal somebody. That's not how, she didn't come, feeling cute might talk, might, you know, like we're about to hit fall. And I know every girl out there is going to take a picture and post, feeling cute with my pumpkin spice latte, might have a devotion. Mm, you know, she, that's all the posts that are about to happen. So prepare your heart for that. But cute may be a currency in our society, but it's not in the kingdom. Vulnerability is is kingdom currency humility is kingdom currency so when you come before the lord and and he checks you you're not sitting there trying to stand and square your shoulders back and act like oh i'll figure it out then without you oh i'll I'll work it through without you i'll figure this out no i don't need you and we don't we don't need to try to look like we've got it all together like we're cute and we've got we're playing the good part Somebody needs to take their church mask off today and understand that you can be vulnerable in this place. You can be humble in this place. You can go ahead and understand that you're not the only one in crisis. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not the only one. And you need to mean it. You need to mean it. I've dealt with thousands of, of men on an individual basis, and every one of them deals with crisis. Every one. I know as a pastor, everybody experiences crisis at some point in their life. And how you handle it will determine everything. 
And what she did is she didn't get into a crisis mode and go crazy. She got into a crisis mode and she got vulnerable. She got humble. She, she sought after the Lord. She didn't try to play a part. She didn't try to act like, you know, I, I, it's not my fault. My daughter's just got issues. I just need you to fix her, you know. And she wasn't explaining why her daughter's messed up and why she's okay. No, all she did was say, come on, have mercy on me. Even the dogs get a crumb from the table. Please. All I need is a touch from God. And I'm going to share three lessons with you about the crumb and the dog. These are huge. Big, big lessons here. See, with the crumb, the crumb is so powerful because of just the, the, the lesson within it that she knew. She knew it. Have you ever baked before? I ain't got any bakers out there. I'm not a baker. I'm more of a grill guy. I like to grill. And my wife, when she, we got married, uh, she w- taught me her family recipe of one, one, one cup cookies. And I, I still don't know it yet. See, that's 13 years of not listening. So, so I have... One cup cookies, right? And, and, and so, like, what we do is we get all the ingredients out. My wife and I, we have love to cook at home and be together, and it's like a fun time for us. Turn on the music, open a bottle of wine or whatever, and we just relax and chill and, have, and just have our time. And so we're just cooking and we're baking, and she's teaching me how to make this cookie, and you take the eggs and the sugar and this and that, and you get it together. And what do you do? You blend it together, and then you scoop it out, and you put those dollops in the tray, and you get ready to bake it. But what do you do after that? When you get the cookie set, you take the spoon. Come on. Y'all know what cookie dough tastes like. I'm making some of y'all's mouth drool right now. You're like, "Mm, can we just eat the cookie dough straight up? Like, I don't even need to bake this stuff. And if you were just to take a piece of that cookie dough and you were to put it into a lab and they were to dissect it, they could tell you every ingredient of that cookie dough. Because what's in the crumb is in the cake. Because what's in just a touch from God is, is in within the essence of who he is. And man, if you can understand, I don't need the whole cake. And this woman did more with the crumb than the whole children of Israel did with the whole cake. And she took just a piece because she said, oh. God, I just need a touch from you, just like the woman with the issue of blood. I don't need all of your time. I just need a touch. The centurion said, I don't need you to come to my house. I just need a word. The disciples didn't need everything from Jesus. They just needed a word to calm their storm. All you need is a crumb. Come on, somebody, begin to praise God. Begin to thank God. Come on, begin to clap. I'm going to teach you how to praise, how to worship, how to thank God in the middle of your storm. Because you may, not, you may have been like me and don't have it all figured out. You weren't raised with a silver spoon. You weren't giving it everything to you. Am I talking to some workers out there who, who didn't have life handed to you on a silver platter? Life didn't come to me like that. I didn't have it all. I didn't have it all figured. No one just said, hey, Landon, here's a book deal. Here's a big church. Here you go. Here's a TV station you can stream from. Here you go, Landon. We're going to connect you with the... No, no, no. I had, to, I had to step out in faith. Every step was a step of faith. But you know what the Lord did every step? He just put a crumb right there. I'm not following a big pathway. I'm following a crumb trail. 
And I'm just saying, oh, every time though the enemy tries to bring discouragement, God just drops a crumb in my life. Every time the enemy tries to bring doubt in my life, every time the devil comes after me, because what the devil doesn't want you to do is begin to praise God before your answer comes, because all hell will get nervous if you start praising Jesus, if you start actually singing in church, if you start clapping during the preaching. Come on, somebody. If you start getting excited at church, Oh, don't do that because the devil might leave you. And you've become accustomed to the devil being in your home that you don't know what you do without him. I need Josh to come. I'm going to keep preaching. I I know this is speaking to your heart. Because I know I'm talking to a group full of people who didn't have it all figured out like me. Who didn't, somebody didn't walk up to you and say, hey, let me fix everything in your life. Let me, let me produce everything in your life. And let me just tell you, if you're waiting for money and title and a job, that, that's when, when I get there, life will all of a sudden be easier. Let me just tell you, if you won the lottery tomorrow, life would be hell for you. Every crazy cousin you've got would be calling you, would be texting you. Your family would be like, oh, now we're all taken care of. <laughs> Your problems don't go. Come on. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit on this. You're, you don't need something. You just need a touch from God. I just need the crumb. I just need a crumb. I just need a crumb. I just need a touch in the middle of my storm. God, show up for me. God, show up powerfully for me. Because what's in the crumb is in the cake. I don't need it all. God, you don't have to give me it all. You know, the other lesson that we need to take is this. It's hard to get a crumb when you're nowhere near the table. If you're close to the table where the food is being served, man, it's easier to, okay, God, I don't need a a seat of honor. I I, I don't need to be the pompous. I don't need to be the guy who's seated in the place. I just need to be close enough, positioned to receive. But if you're nowhere near where the food is being served, somebody catching my drift, if you're constantly away from church and away from the word of God and away from prayer in your life, you'll never receive what he has for you because you're not where the food is being served up. You got to be positioned. Yeah, praise God again. We're going to pray. We're going to clap God all service. And it's okay. Your hands may be red after this service. Let me ask you, is it worth it? Yes. The enemy, again, he's trying to get you to suffer silently. And if he can stop you from clapping, if he can stop you from saying amen, if he can stop you in the church where you should be able to, where I've told you a hundred times, please say amen, clap. If the devil can shut you up now, when you are out there alone, you are going to have all hell come at you. And you're going to feel suffocated you got to be positioned in a place where you can exercise your voice and you understand that a quiet church and a quiet believer is a dying believer. I'm going to prove it to you. So after your position, uh, Emily and I, we were watching this documentary on uh, hummingbirds, exciting vacation. So we were watching it with her family and we were just having a good time together. And this hummingbird was building its nest. And then what it would do is this mama hummingbird would go out and Get the food, and then y'all know where I'm going. Come back to the babies. Now, what would, what, what, when she, mama came back, what would she see? Y'all know what I'm talking She get, <laughs> And it was disgusting to watch her feed them. But let me tell you, 
she was, the babies were like this. And let me tell you, you can't receive with your mouth closed. No, no. You think you came in here to worship and that your worship goes up. It's all about your shout goes this way. It's about what you say and it's all going up. But my word says, as praises go up, Come on, who knows the scripture? Blessings come down. Because when my mouth is open, when I begin to declare, come on, and I begin to shout, and I begin to thank God, and I begin to say amen, and I begin to praise Jesus. Don't look around to your neighbor. Look up to your Savior and start shouting saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I'm going to get excited in here. I'm going to get fired up in here. Hallelujah. Glory. If this isn't your style of church, there's a great church down the road. But let me tell you, you're here to understand that when the devil can shut your mouth in church, you cannot receive from God. You have to be able to vocalize. That's why our worship, that's why they call it a sacrifice of praise. Because I'm praising God. I don't have all the answers. I feel empty. I feel discouraged. I've got doubt. I've got insecurities. I've got a crisis. I've got a tragedy. And as you begin to declare the praises of God and worship and pray and thank Him and lay your petitions before the Lord, God begins to fill you back up. Because as she began to shout and thank God and declare God, and even a dog gets the crumbs, her home got the healing. As you begin to worship here, as you begin to praise God here, he's going to take care of you over there. The thing that you came praying for, the thing that you came believing for, the thing that you came asking for, the thing that you've been wanting and needing in your life, as you begin to worship, God begins to provide right over here for you. And that's exactly, come on, that's exactly what happened. She didn't allow the disciples shooing her way to break her down and feel like she's nothing. She didn't allow Jesus' silence to detour her from what she needed. She didn't allow anything to stop her, the road she had to take to stop her. See, now let's go back to the disciples. I don't know a lot about sailing. I've been on a boat. Uh, but I don't know a lot about it. I know the water goes on the outside and it's supposed to be dry on the inside. And if the water gets on the inside, we're all in trouble, right? As you're going through life, the storms may come. Life may happen. People's words, the enemy. But what you've got to do is you've got to do like she did and not allow anything to get in you. Because what's happening out here can't affect what's happening in here. Because I can't allow that to change my trajectory of what I came for for Jesus. I can't allow how you're responding to affect my response. I can't allow how you're treating me to affect how I'm going to respond to Jesus. I can't allow how I'm going to, what people look at me like, look at you like you're crazy. Come on, there's not a successful person in here that hasn't had a door slam in your face, hasn't had somebody mistreat you. But if you're going to stop at silence, if you're going to stop at rejection, you'll never see the success of God in your life. You've got to push through. You've got to fight through. And you've got to say, I'm not giving up. I'm going to do whatever it takes in the middle of my storm, in the middle of my crisis. Come on, I'm going to worship. I wish I had a hundred people in here who knew how to worship God, who knew how to stand, who knew how to clap, who knew how to thank Jesus, who 
got excited for the Lord because this is how you fight in crisis. This is how you fight. You don't need to look cute. You don't need to look like you got it all together. Quit playing. Quit acting. God can't bless who you're pretending to be. And you keep pretending like everything's okay in church and telling, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. How you doing? All good, sister. And God's like, okay, when are you going to let that go? When are you going to go ahead and fight and do whatever it takes and let go and be vulnerable and humble? I, I, I don't know. Look, look I'm, tell, I'm, I'm preaching to myself today. I don't know how Phoenix is going to work out. I don't know how we're going to have three locations. I'm already busy enough. I preached in Florida, then I preached in Dallas, then I was in California. I was going all over. I'm preaching here, I'm preaching there. And you know what? I love it. It doesn't exhaust me. I'm like, God, are you sure? Do we know what we're doing? Are we ready for this? And God says, here's a crumb. Oh, okay. Here's another crumb. Oh, okay. What is that called? Trust. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't have it all. Uh, And the best part about this lady, I I have to end here, so i got to wrap it up. But the best part about this lady, she didn't have a prior relationship with Jesus. Every believer comes to church like this. Oh, there goes coffee. Praise the Lord. Every believer comes into church. It's like, you know, their first time or maybe they come in, they're new to the things of God. I, I don't have, I don't know the Bible like you. Man, all these people are raising their hands and praising God because they got it all figured out. No, no, no. They're praising God because they're trying to find a way out. And, 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 and we come in and we feel like, oh, no, I, you know, they, they have more. This guy, I bet he's in. And we look at and we judge people by the way they look in their Bible they've got in their hands. And they look like they knew exactly where the book of Matthew was. And I'm still in the Old Testament. And I don't even know. So I stopped at Malachi. And I was like, this will work. I'm sure it's good enough. And we, we don't know the Bible. So we just, we figure, we think because I don't know enough and I don't have a pre-existing relationship. Come on, Jesus created you in your mother's womb. And he he loves you since the day you were born numbered the hairs on your head and says no no I don't need you to know it all I just need you to draw unto me because when you come to me that's when the miracle happens that's when the pray that's when you begin to start worshiping God and praising him like never before and and, and again you're not praising him because you got it figured out you're praising him because you want a way out you're like okay God I don't know how I'm going to get married. I don't know how I'm going to have kids. I don't know how I'm going to get buy a house. I don't know how this is all going to... I, I don't have all the answers, but man, I know how to worship. And I know how to praise you. And I know how to thank you. And I know how to do whatever it takes. And I know how to position myself to receive just a crumb. Because that's all I need, God. I'm not greedy. I just need a touch from God. I just need a word from God today. I didn't come to Bridge Church on Sunday morning because I wanted all my problems fixed. I came because I wanted to experience the touch of God in my life. Come on, Bridge Church, stand to your feet. Let's praise God. Let's praise God. Let's praise God. Come on, give him 30 seconds of praise. Come on, give him 30 seconds. Come on, give him 30 seconds of real praise. Real praise. Real worship. Real thanksgiving. Woo! Hallelujah. You know, Philippians talks about a scripture that many of you may know. It says, come to the Lord with prayer and supplication and petition. And then it says this, with thanksgiving. That's praise. 
I don't need to just tell God what's going on. I need to praise him that he's going to fix it. I need to thank him for what he can do, what he has done. And you begin to praise God. And then he says, then I will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. And it will guard your hearts. When you feel like your heart has been left out and vulnerable, it's because you got to backtrack. Did I go to the Lord in prayer? Did I give him praise and worship? Because then I should have his peace. And his peace, not you, his peace is what covers and guards your heart. See, we think we have misinterpreted scripture thinking that it's our job solely without him to guard our heart. But when you go to him, he's the one who becomes the protector for you. But you got to praise him. You got to worship him. You got to position yourself. You got to get that crumb in your life, man. Because just a touch from God holds the entire virtue of who he is. That's exactly what happens when we hear the story of the woman with the issue of blood. He says, he says, one version says, power has gone from me because she touched him. But really, one of the real better words would be virtue. My virtue has gone from me. Somebody touched me. Somebody pulled and needed a touch from God. You do not go to church to go through the religious practice. You go to church to get a touch from God. And you go to church, you come to bridge, you come here, you show up every Sunday, and I guarantee you just like today, you're going to get a touch of God in your life. And you're going to experience who he is. You have to. You cannot make it without the crumb. It's a crumb for your crisis. And that's all you need. I don't need it all. I just need a touch. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for today. Oh, man, I thank you for today. Somebody's going to begin to praise God in the middle of their circumstance. Somebody's going to begin to worship God like never before. Somebody's going to begin to say, okay, Lord, I've come to you. God, ready to receive because I'm vulnerable. I'm humble. No, 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 Lord, I'm not going to turn away. I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to quit when it's just one step away from my miracle. I'm not going to give up now. I'm not going to let go now. The enemy can't dismiss me. The the enemy's not going to detour me. The The devil's tried to come in my home and take my family. The devil's tried to come home and take my marriage. The devil's tried to come into my life and take my hope, take my faith, take my joy. But no longer today, God. Lord, I speak in the middle of someone's circumstance and crisis that the devil's got to go. Because the moment that this woman began to fight with praise, that devil and her daughter began to shake, began to quake, and began to worry what Jesus was going to do. And the moment that she spoke that faith, her daughter was delivered. And Lord, in Jesus' name, somebody's going to speak in faith faith right now. Somebody's going to declare to the Lord in faith right now. I need a touch from God. I need a touch from God. And as you pray and as you worship him here, God's going to bless you there. God's going to provide for your need, for your business, for your family, for your hope, for your trust, for your joy, for your peace. God is going to show up for you. Don't quit now. Don't give up. Do whatever it takes. Lord, in Jesus name, I thank you, God, that we're here to receive Oh, a mighty, mighty word of God. Lord, in Jesus' name, from now on, we know how to fight in crisis. We know how to fight in our storm. 
We know how to fight when the fire is all around us. We know how to fight when the devil shows up at our doorstep. Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We're going to return to your word. We're going to return to your presence, and we're going to praise you through the storm. We're going to worship you through the battle. And, Lord, we thank you that the battle is yours. The victory is ours. And, God, Lord, we get to walk in the wake of your victory today. In Jesus' name, I thank you that those fires, they're going to be controlled. Our firemen and our first responders are going to be completely protected. You're going to strengthen them. You're going to add days to their life. Lord, I thank you for our community showing up together, responding together, coming together, serving one another, loving one another, being there for one another. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done and for what you're going to do. Lord, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, I feel like the Lord's telling me somebody's praying about your home. I want your eyes to be closed and heads bowed right now. Somebody's praying about either buying a home or there's trouble in your home or something specific about home. And as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I just want whoever that is to raise your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you for those hands going up. Yeah, come on, keep them up. I'm going to pray for you. Keep them up. No one's looking around. This is just you. It's okay. And the Lord sees your hand and sees your vulnerability and sees your humility. Lord, in Jesus' name, right now, as they worship, as they pray, I just want you to begin to speak the name of Jesus right now. Just say, Jesus, show up. Jesus, show up in my life. Jesus, touch me. And as you speak that, that that God is going to heal your home. God is going to provide for your home. God is going to deliver your home. God is going to work in your home like never before. Even if it's a physical need and you need the finances to buy the home, to get out of that debt, to do whatever it is, God is going to provide for you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed here and online, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're one of those people who came in or tuning online and and, and you feel like you, you don't know Jesus at all. But you've heard this message. You felt the stirring in your heart. And you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to the Lord. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now here and online. Thank you for the hands going up in here and going up online. Your hearts are open. You're ready to receive. I want everybody who's raised your hand and everybody in here to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. I am forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Come on. Come on.